What's going on, everybody? Year 2, Episode 3 of Pat's Interference. I'm Patrick Norwood. He's Patrick Bertman. Kendall Sheffield announces he's transferring from Alabama. What does that mean for the defense for the Tide? Plus, we saw Leonard Fournette in a boot this week. How does that affect LSU's title hopes? And more importantly, Patrick Bertman's playoff picture. We've got that and so much more. This is Pat's Interference. Hey there, everybody. Counting down the days to kick off in Arlington. You're listening to Pat's Interference. 16 days to kick off. That's Richard Mullaney for you. Uh, actually, he got some good news. But anyway, you are listening to Pat's Interference. We're in year two, episode three. I am Patrick Brickman. And I am Patrick Norwood. Brick, how you doing, buddy? I would, good, say, I, just... I would say long time no see, but I saw you two days ago. Two days ago. I actually just got back from Orlando. Today I'm feeling spry. Not really. I'm really tired, yeah, but feeling yeah. feeling good like on a yeah. Wednesday night. Yeah, it was fun. Thursday it was fun. Morning. We had a good time. We had a really good time. Uh, went out. You know, you had been at Disney all day. I was impressed with you and Lane's uh, uh, commitment to both Disney and hanging out with little old me. Uh, oh, we so do it, was it good. all. It was a We're good a time. Power man. couple. Um. Yeah, it was good. Uh, we we went down for four four days. Um. I left. Friday night after work at about midnight, and got to your place. He actually let us stay at your place for a night, and I uh, didn't see I, you. I did not see you. You, you went slept to work. so hard, I did not see you. Gotta you love the Olympics, work, man. And then we got up and we left. Um, and yeah, then we're back here. Disney. It's, it's what it's what my wife and I do. Uh, but you have. Um, I drove six hours. You've got yourself an even uh, long. How long is your your trip from Orlando to Greensboro coming up? Eight hours and fifty eight minutes. Wait, I call it a trip. It's not a trip. It's a it's a very it a permanent. It's yes. a one way. <laughs> yeah, it's one way they update for people that don't know what's going on with you. Yeah, no, I uh, I we sort of talked about it a little bit last week, but I've taken a job as the multimedia coordinator for the athletic department at High Point University. Um, so I'll be working with uh, be working with a bunch of a uh, bunch of really good people over there and uh, making a bunch of highlight videos and hype videos and. Um, you know, getting to uh, stream a little bit, getting to teach a little bit, so it'll be uh, it'll be a good job. It'll be a good job. One I'm really day, excited to do it. One day, the American Conference is going to call up High Point University, and it's going to be all thanks to you making that team D one. They're already D one. Are uh, they? They are. Yeah, yeah. Almost. And what up, sports? Uh, the the major one is men's basketball. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, they were like two points away from beating uh, beating South Carolina last year. And then was pretty good. And then fouled a dude on a uh, on a three, and he made all three free throws, and they lost. Wouldn't happen with you there. It wouldn't. I'm sorry. What's their mascot? The Panthers. All right, you are listening to your favorite High Point University podcast, everybody. <laughs> this is <laughs> Spon- spon- <laughs> sponsored by. Oh man! All right, let's get into this, man. Let's get into this. Uh, it, Alabama had its first uh, scrimmage, sort of scrimmage, the other day. I mean, obviously one of two, very yes, first, but two. the first one that people really pay attention to sort of the same drill as last year patrick except not a lot of stats released on this one from no. what you've heard what can you make of this scrimmage yeah they don't well i think they i can't remember if they ever did it for this i think the second scrimmage they might have released stats last year but it's pretty typical when a quarterback competition to not release stats for the first one kind of saw that coming but uh so yeah i had to go with message boards i i like 247 i use scout i read all over the place and um so this is just from people that claim they were there. I had to, I had to see it from multiple people. It's not just from what one person said. Multiple people said this, and uh, I guess the big question mark being the 
quarterbacks. Uh, Saban in his press conference said they all played well, they all did good things, and they all have things they need to work on. Basically, just coach speak. Yeah. So from what I read, they all threw touchdowns and they all threw interceptions. Now, you have to read between the lines now on what people were claiming in that. Bateman apparently had a really nice throw on a touchdown. I don't, I, I don't think any of them, I can't recall if any of them had touchdowns with the first team. I read a lot of them had trouble with the first team. I actually heard uh, Jalen Hurts might have struggled the most with the first team, maybe. Uh, he had some three and outs and some – but Bateman had a touchdown and at least two interceptions, one of which Shaheem Carter brought back for a touchdown. It was a pick six. Right. Uh, Blake Barnett threw a, about a five-yard touchdown. I want to say it was to Stewart. And uh, he had an interception with no time left on the clock and the two-minute drill from the 20-yard line. Jalen Hurts had two touchdowns, at least. One throwing, about a 60-yard bomb. The other one I heard was a 40-yard rush and another interception. His was in the end zone. His was the worst of the day. Um, Not much to take from it. But a lot of people were really raving saying Hurts had the best day. I don't know. It's just Here's here's the thing, Patrick. I don't think it matters from this point on how they play. And, And just hang on before you answer. And I told you this the other night. I think, you know, from the first snap in Dallas against USC, Alabama's starting quarterback is Cooper Bateman. No matter what happens, I think that the coaching staff has decided he's earned this much that neither of the guys playing behind him have really stepped up enough to make it to the point where they can justify putting in one of those younger guys. However, I do not think that Cooper Bateman will be the starter uh, come – I would even say LSU. Um, what a tragic career at Alabama that would be for him. Twice getting on the field as a starter. I mean, you and I talked about it the other day. Up. Play better. Yeah, and here's the thing. If Okay, so if, if, if he's just going in by default because he has experience and because he knows the offense and is taking care of the football, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. From what I read, he had the most turnovers of the scrimmage. He didn't do himself any favors. I think it's. I think it says a lot that there's still a true freshman in this battle, and I, I can go on and on and on about the things I'm reading about Hurts and, and things that his high school coaches have said and high teams that played against him have said. He's got a a really nice article. Oh boy, I, I, I want to attribute it, but I can't remember if it was AL.com or two four seven. I, I I saw it on a two four seven message board. Um, it was really explaining his demeanor and why Coach Saban has has latched on to him so much. Um, He's a very business-like guy, very processed guy, you know, like you know, we do. Um, he comes in, he he didn't have a whole signing ceremony for – he just told the, the coaches at the Elite 11 camp to tweet it, that he committed. Just, just – it, it, I hate to say it, but it sounds very uh, Spurs-esque, just very business attitude, come in, play, um, set a good example to your teammates, and, right. and just try to – yeah, that's why a lot of people are. Also, he seems to have some pretty special talents on the field. Well, and I, like I think that's severely underrated. The fact that he's wise. a true freshman, we're already hearing about him in this capacity, Patrick. I mean, you know, Blake Barnett last year was a freshman at this point, but you and I were not sitting here saying like, "Oh, well, you know, he's still in no. contention for the starter job." It was, "Oh man, he's going to be great next year." He's lasted farther. Blake Blake Barnett made his his noise last year, but Hurts by far has lasted farther into fall camp. As a as you know, a, a very realistic possibility, way longer than Barnett did. 
So what do you think Cooper Bateman has to do to really win the team over? Do you think it's an off-the-field thing or an on-the-field thing or both? I think right now he is, at least by default, the guy that's won the team over. If we just roll into September 3rd and none of them have grabbed the bull by the horns, whatever Saban means by that when he says it, um, then I think it's him by default just because the players know him the best. I guess to solidify it, man, he's just... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. The, the, they like him because he... Uh, I guess I, I really sound... Un- biased against him because I just have never really uh, seen much from him but if he moves the offense efficiently enough I think he will he, he will lose this with turnovers I think do you think you the know? job is his to lose yeah I do see I don't what here but yeah and then I'm, I'm actually going to turn around what I just said I think someone else can come grab it on Saturday that's the second scrimmage someone else can come seize it if someone else imagine, but what do okay. they have to do? If you're telling me that Jalen Hurts had a 60-yard bomb for a touchdown pass, a 40-yard rush, and yeah, a bad pick, but seeing as the other two quarterbacks threw picks, why is it not Hurts? <laughs> well, let me let me back up on a 60-yard touchdown. This uh, from more than one thing I, I read it, it was to Robert Foster against the third string, and Saban was very mad that Robert Foster was in. <laughs> So I don't think he put much stock into the touchdown. But, hey, at the same time, I, he still made 60-yard bomb is a 60-yard bomb. So, we'll, you know, I think, well, I think if two guys go out and struggle and one guy goes out and dominates the first-team defense on Saturday, that might make the decision a little easier. It's just cause all still unfolding, and I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about, but none of us do. Nobody. No. Uh, uh, even the, the biggest writers... Cecil Hurt doesn't know what's happening. Right. You know? I mean, Anyway, in other news, the running backs, uh, um, Bo Scarborough got dinged up. That's I, I didn't put this in the docket, but he got dinged up. That's a little... Uh, I want to talk about... Is this... Okay, he, he... Physically, he can be a workhorse like Henry was last year. He's built like Henry. Sure. But he... Henry was a, a tank. He was invincible. Scarborough can't seem to not be dinged up all the time. You know what I mean? Well, this we is a cause this, for concern? You gotta, no, because I think this is reminiscent of Eddie Lacy, too. We said this about Eddie Lacy when he was coming in. Do you remember? Because we were coming off Trent. Everybody was so used to Trent being the workhorse, and yeah, Eddie was great. And Eddie even took over some games. You remember the 2012 game? It was Eddie Lacy and TJ Yell. Or, excuse me, the. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was 2011. Um. Trent had some great runs there, but it was really Eddie and TJ Yeldon who came in kind of carried uh, I the I think board. you're getting your dates mixed up. Uh, Yeldon was never there with Trent. The boy game, I think... Maybe you're probably it, thinking of the Georgia game, where he just went insane. There was one game where I remember Trent, Trent kind of lacking and Eddie Lacy really taking the torch. I, I take your word for it. He played but, very well every year he was on campus. But the thing was, when it was his turn to be the starter, this was the same conversation we were having. Yeah. He can't, well, he can't. Well, he fumbles too much. Okay, well, then he quit fumbling, and then there wasn't anything to bitch about. Oh, well, he gets injured too much. Well, then he stopped getting injured. I just feel I feel like everybody just kind of lowers their expectations every year for Alabama running backs just because we're so used to having these great ones that if we ever have an off one, we can say, oh, well, we knew he wasn't going to be very good. I'm only just uh, – I, I just feel like we did it with We did it with Damian Harris last year. You and I sat here and did it with Damian Harris last year. Yeah, he he was not impressive in the time he played. He averaged like three something yards per carry. 
we right. weren't impressed. And then he went out and balled out in the spring game, and then we changed our tune real quick. Right. Uh, I just, we're, we're th- I guess my my concern is just we're thin at running back, and the um the the, the big the 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 guy that we have is a starter. We've never really had a a, a starter that's that has been banged up like that, other than Mark Ingram for the first three games his senior year. Mississippi but, State. No, he'll be healthy. He of. practiced again. Sorry. I'm just bringing it up. Mississippi State was the game I was thinking of with Eddie Lacy in charge. So. Ah, um, B.J. Emmons, the freshman running back, he looked. He looked, a lot of people said he has a very unique running style, unlike anything we've seen so far. Very different, but it'll mesh very well with what we do on offense. So, do you think that means short and speedy? He, mm, he, Emmons is a load. I, I don't. I haven't seen him run, but he's. I just can't imagine that it's anything we haven't seen before. What haven't? I don't we know seen? what that means. We've seen upright. We've seen power. We've seen speed. We can you balance? The, you know the Mark Ingram kind of balance shiftiness. I don't know. I'm um, excited. Whatever that means, I'm excited. The defense looked great apparently on Saturday, um, which I don't really know what else we'd expect at this point. Who would you say is the quarterback for that defense right now? Would you say it's Eddie Jackson or would you say it's Tim Williams? I'd say it's uh, Jared Allen. Yeah, I don't know. I just. Wow, what a problem to have. We can't decide who our best defensive player is. Not out of best. All the Not best. It's obviously Allen if it's best. That's the conversation. It's obviously Allen. But if we're talking about the leader, I'm not picking Jared Allen. I don't know how vocal he is, honestly. From what uh, I've heard, he's always been sort of the strong, silent type. Huh. So, you know, I I don't know. I And we both know how much Eddie Jackson talks. Yeah, he That's does no talk. secret. I mean, he's no Cyrus, but he's the talker. Yeah. You will never know what he's, or you will never have to guess what he's thinking because he will tell you. Um, yeah, people. Uh, the defense, the defense is going to be good again. You, we don't need to worry about the defense not being good. You know, last coming into the year, last year we, we were a little nervous about the defense. Uh, we knew we'd have a good front line, but we didn't know how good they'd be. Well, we were more we're worried, worried about, about the corners. Backs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And now that's not really a problem. If anything, it's the opposite issue because as we're going into our next topic. We've got so many good defensive backs that we've got players transferring. Marie Smith, yeah, everybody knows about. And now Kendall Sheffield has announced he's transferred. Patrick, what do you hear from that camp? Oh, I mean, he, he missed practice. Uh, it was a two-a-day, and he missed both. And that's when the rumors popped up that his dad came and picked him up and left with him. I don't know if any of that happened. But, yeah, today it, it was announced he's been granted his release. He's going to Blinn College, where, uh, where a, a certain um, son of Cecil Newton played very well. Yep. Um, no, he's that's in Texas. I don't know. It, it's the thing is, I was raving about him on our last podcast, saying he's he's going to be our nickel guy. He's a red shirt guy. He's going to come in, and I said he's going to be our Marlon Humphrey this year. Yep. Out of nowhere, and that you get that you you get that at schools like Alabama. Honestly, you do, and I hate it. I hate seeing a five star corner leave. I think a five star corner. Besides quarterback, I think if you get a five-star corner, that is the most important five-star you can have. I think having a five-star corner means more than having a two-star any day of the week. Not that stars matter, but you know, just having a, a top-end guy. That's such a hard position to coach up perfectly. Like That is such a skilled position, instinctual position. To lose somebody of his caliber is never good. But not everybody wants to compete. Not everybody wants to. Some people want quicker playing time. He probably feels like he should be 
one of the two guys, one of the two starting corners, and it didn't look like that's going to happen for him. Right. I. So behind him, who do we have behind him? You know, if we're, if he's he's gone, Mo Smith is gone. Who's behind him? Who who do we have that will fill that nickel spot? Look, I I mean I don't know. You and I had this conversation last week, and I said Kendall Sheffield. So, <laughs> so I'm probably not the person to ask here. If you had to pick a guy, who would it be? Well, we a lot of people are talking about Anthony Anthony Aver, Aver, sorry Anthony Averett as he's a he's a veteran. He's been on the team for a while. I don't remember what year he is. He's just played really well in camp, and then we got all the 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 corners we got in this. Some freshman corner is going to have to step up like um, Minka did last year. I don't know if they're ready, but um, we've got uh, sorry, I know their name, Jared Maiden, um, Shaheen Carter, who took the pick six to the house, Nigel Knott, who's had a knee injury, and then uh, Trayvon Diggs. He came in as a receiver. He's the brother of Stefan Diggs. Um, that plays for the Vikings right now. Had a great career at Maryland. Right. Former five-star brother, uh, four-star recruit. He's been practicing with the corners, much like Cyrus did when he got to campus. So what about their guys? What about Tony Brown? <laughs> I keep forgetting about Tony. I have no idea. I guess do try Tony back in his original corner slot. I forgot we had another number one co- former corner. Oh my goodness. I mean, at this point, like, why not? If we're le- if we're letting, uh, you know, we're letting he played very well as a true freshman, and then he just kind of digressed. But who knows? Maybe it was a sophomore slump. Yeah, it happens. That's a nice way of putting it. I mean, it's I'll, I'll say it better. It's better when our guy opposite D. Milliner, who was very strong, it's better than we got D. Milliner. Woo, D. Milliner and uh, Dion Ballou. Please don't throw it to that side of the field. Please right. forget that that side of the field exists. Well, remember that used to be Eddie Jackson too. That's true. And it used to be Nick Perry, too, who, oh, by the way, had a defensive, a brilliant defensive performance the other night for the Philadelphia Eagles. Did he really? Yes. Oh, I'm going to add a, I'm gonna add a, a topic here. We're just going to talk about our – we were talking about it while we were in Orlando. We'll, we'll get to it after – let's do it after we talk about Leonard Fournette. We're going to talk about the NFL guys. Henry, Dak Prescott, baby. We'll talk about him. I, yeah, that's an interesting story. Um, but I mean, yeah. Why not throw Tony Brown in? No, and okay. Any other team except Ohio State, FSU, Clemson, right now. If they lose a five-star corner, that's 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 ho- that's awful. Us, we're like, uh, it's bad, but like, yeah, it happens. It's attrition. I just, I don't know. I, I think everybody's putting too much stock into this Tony Brown. Oh, well, he's been suspended. Well, he and Saban don't get along. And I, I just – I'm not sure there's that much there. I'm not sure if it's the offenses that he had were so terrible or if it was just he had so many all at once. Well, does Saban trust him or not? I mean, that's the question. If he I mean, trust, he, I'm sorry. He but didn't he, trust him to the point where the guy was not at the national championship game. Listen, if he trusts Cam Robinson and he doesn't trust Tony Brown, there's something wrong. Maybe. I have no idea what goes to that man's mind. I don't either. pretend to know. <laughs> I, I still I still don't really agree with the Cam Robinson decision. I I just don't. Yeah. And I know we're at a difference of opinions on that, but I just don't agree with it. I don't know. It's, just, it's, just okay. Nothing. Next next scrimmage. Uh, so the next scrimmage is going to be Saturday. Um, we'll have obviously have to update some way. You're going to be moving, so we don't know when. We'll we'll have to play it by ear on your end. We but will. We have yeah. to. We'll, we'll get an update after Saturday as to what at least we will. I I may happenings. I may drop a line. 
I may drop yeah. a line and just say what days. What days are you driving? I'm dry. Well, that's the thing is I'm you know our Olympics for golf end Saturday. I work uh, today, tomorrow, um, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. My last day at Golf Channel is Tuesday. I move out Wednesday, move into my new apartment by Saturday, and then start my new job Monday. So if you can't do it early in the week, I'll just give a little update. Uh, whatever, we'll we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll yeah. figure something out for sure. But but we don't want to leave our people hanging, you know? We won't. We won't. We won't. Uh, Leonard Fournette spotted in a boot. People saying it's a sprained ankle, that it's nothing to worry about. Patrick, what do you think about it? I think a little cause for concern. You never want a running back um, – getting any kind of dinged up right before the season starts, because especially in a leg, if it was his arm, it'd be different. Um, but a lot of people, this isn't Jadavian Clowney we're talking about. I, Leonard Fournette's not going to coast his senior year. I think he'll play on injury, or not his senior year, but the year he first becomes draft right, eligible. Right. Um, he's not He's not going to coast. You know, Clowney did a lot of that, people were saying. Surefire top five pick, just... Make sure you don't get hurt. Fournette's, Fournette's one from what we've talked about it on this podcast, a really decent dude, really decent guy, team-first oriented, and he's going to go out and compete, um, even if he has a hurt ankle. You know, yeah. I'm not too worried about Fournette. I, I think any time you see a running back in a boot, it's a bad thing. I've never yeah. heard of a sprained ankle being recovered by a boot. That's just That's not really something, unless it's just a terrible sprain. Ah, this is what I wore when I sprained my ankle. You, you a full-on boot for a sprained ankle? I mean, they have th- those are those are like a dime a dozen in, in the in the football facility. They probably just threw it on him for a day so he wouldn't hurt, like bang it up against. I don't know, or maybe it's something to be concerned about. I I think I just think there's something more there that they're not that they're leading on, and maybe that's me being a hockey fan where they're so paranoid about injuries that they don't even specify which part of the body it's on. They just say upper body or lower body. Or golf, if you have an injury, you just don't play for three years. Yeah, and you still get paid sixteen million dollars. <laughs> um, well, uh, the good the good news for LSU is behind Leonard Fournette, they have Darius Geis, who was shown last year as a spell running back. He's very good in his own right. So, um, if they miss a full strength Fournette for the first couple games, even even though we are talking about Wisconsin, who I'm not buying very much into this year. Well, I'm not buying into him either, but remember, that game is in Lam- Lambeau Field. Yeah. Not exactly a home game for LSU. No, I mean, anything could happen. Um, so provided that they can do something against Wisconsin and Darius Geis plays well and, and back up, it's not the end of the world for LSU if they miss him, a full-strength him. For, I, there's no way he's missing that game. But if he's not a full-strength first couple games – and he's getting 10 carries a game. I think I think they'd be fine. I think LSU needs Leonard Fournette to be 100% healthy by the time they play Auburn September 24th. Yes, yes. They do need him by the time they start an SEC play. Absolutely. They start that. SEC play the week before, but it's against Mississippi State at home. And I, I think I don't know how I feel about Mississippi State. I go back and forth. I think that if the season for LSU relies heavily on the shoulders of a young Brandon Harris, they're in a lot of trouble. Oh, they're doomed. They're in a lot of trouble. Uh, rounding out the season with Texas A&M is going to be a fun one for LSU, too. Because I think that Texas A&M team at home, last game of the season, they probably don't have anything to lose. Uh, that could be 
interesting. I like A&M this year a little bit. If Trevor Knight can be proficient, which that's a big if, that's but he, big I, if. I've seen I've seen the best of Trevor Knight, so I'm like I I know he can do it. We <laughs> you know, we've, we've seen, seen it up close. Um, but they good. have besides or equal to right there, right there with us. They've got the best skill position players in the country. They've got a ton of receivers. Right. We're talking Christian Kirk, Speedy Noyle, Ricky Seals-Jones, all top two at their position, all five stars, plus guys that I just forget their names because they're so deep. So who do you take, A&M's receivers or Alabama's secondary? Um, well, if you'd asked me this two weeks ago, I would have easily said Alabama's secondary. I'm still taking our secondary. But, I think I am too. Um, Man. Christian Kirk. I'll, t- I'll say this. Christian Kirk... Um. Calvin Ridley, and to a, a little bit of a lesser degree, but not yet. We haven't seen what he could be like with a good quarterback. Antonio Callaway at Florida. Those three true freshmen from last year, the next two years in the SEC, that's going to be some fun passing. Yeah, that's that's going to be Pac-12 numbers. For really, one really good freshmen. Don't sleep on Antonio Callaway if he can actually not be in trouble at Florida. All right, um, let's, we're let's, getting off topic here. Yeah, let's move on a little bit. Let's Let's shift our focus towards the pros. You've got why? Why did you put Dak Prescott in here? Did you not see how he played or hear about it? Yeah, he, he went crazy. He played great, but why do I care? Oh, just because I don't know. He's I've always liked Dak Prescott. I no, not this year, but he could if he plays well and develops nicely. I'd rather talk about two guys who could start first game. One of those guys, ten carries for seventy-four yards and a touchdown. His name is Derrick Henry playing in good old Nashville, Tennessee, feller. Although he did get a little outshone by uh, DeMarco Murray, but everyone knows DeMarco Murray's going to get hurt at some point of the year. Either hurt? I, I'm sorry, but I, I did you see it from DeMarco Murray? I've seen it before, and he had a 74-yard touchdown run uh, in, the, in, the, in the preseason game. I just don't see it from him. I don't, I don't see a franchise starting running back right now for DeMarco Murray. Maybe I think he will have a similar situation to Cooper Bateman. Maybe the start at the beginning of the year. Not sure he's going to be the starter at the end of the year. Oh, Henry's the future there, but Murray makes Imagine a lot of money. Imagine that backfield. Mariota, DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry. It's not bad. No. Not bad at all. People forget just because he was... He was a, he was a, a square peg and a, and a circle, whatever they... that saying is we're both um (laughs) he was he just was in the wrong offense on the eagles and chip kelly last year people forget he ran for like 1800 yards not two years ago yes but that's what i'm saying is last year i didn't see it from demarco murray no he was way he was way out of dodge in in philly that was i I just i I don't i don't know and i'm not sure it's going to be much better in nashville let's talk more about henry henry looked awesome he looked exactly the way he did when he wore crimson i gotta say yes he looked great he looked great. His touchdown run was great. Hard-nosed run. Um, you know, busting through the hole, getting at least four or five yards per carry. I mean, it was People want to nitpick his running style? It works. It works. It works. Well, it works quite – it works Heisman well. It's, Somebody uh, else that they want to nitpick their style, nitpick their performance, their technique. Cyrus Jones had a great game with the New England Patriots. I've already mentioned Nick Price with the Eagles coming out of left field a little bit, honestly. Kind of forgotten he existed. Marcel Darius played 
from what it sounded like pretty well. I haven't seen any tape or footage or anything. He suspended four games. Did you hear that? I did hear that. I did yeah. hear that. But all that being said, people talk about Alabama players being boss in the pros, and I know it's preseason, but Patrick, what do you make of all these guys making good headway in the preseason? I didn't hear any negative thing about the way Alabama player played. You know, people, again, it's what happens when you're on top. If people always want to nitpick your pros, I mean, we hear it all the time. People go, well, Trey Kirk isn't the shutdown guy we expected him to be. D. Milliner's barely even making in the league anymore. Yes, there are always misses. Right. Always, from every school. Um, I grew up watching dozens from Florida State go in the first round and then just be mediocre for their NFL career or worse. So, but we we have as many hits as anyone. I love, I you know I'm disdained for the Patriots, but I love that Cyrus is in a defense where I know he'll be able to succeed. He's with our boy Dante Hightower, who again another All Pro player. Yeah. Um, you know, for one preseason game, I'm never gonna freak out. That's why I'm kind of being tempered in what I said about Henry and Cyrus and even Dak Prescott to an extent. I'll talk about him in a minute just because I like him. I I just don't get it. I just love. I just like him. Like I just, I like what he did for Michigan, or not, sorry, not Michigan, Mississippi State, for that program. Who I like everything about except their head coach. Um, that's like a once in a generation talent for them. He, all he he was a guy that was always able to have his team in the game, even though across the board, yeah, Michigan right. State, you're right, or Mississippi the, State. I just like him. The greatest players elevate. No, I like him too. I just I don't. I just don't even think he's going to contend for the job in Dallas until Tony Romo gets hurt. Well, that's the point. That's that's the idea. So he's not going to start over Tony Romo this year. But you know, you don't you draft your. He was taking what fifth round. You just kind of hope he'll be okay. If he doesn't, then whatever. You used a fifth rounder on him. Right. I don't know. I I think it's interesting. I honestly think Dak Prescott would make a heck of a coach one day. <laughs> the other thing about Dak Prescott is he came to my hometown and got jumped. You got remember jumped. that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I do remember it was, that. It was out. I think it was at the Spinnaker parking lot. He didn't do anything. Uh, the report said he didn't do anything. But like, yeah, just, no, he just got. Who, just why got do you bugged. pick Dak? Out of all the people you can choose to jump, they picked Dak Prescott. It was like three dudes that ganged up on him. Yeah, but, that's why. It's because he is Dak Prescott. Whatever. It's some guys with egos saying, "Oh, we, you know, we beat up Dak Prescott." Whatever. It, it's dumb. I, I wish nothing but the best for him. I just don't. I just don't think. I, I don't think Dak Prescott being in Dallas is a good thing. With an aging quarterback, I don't know. It's interesting. I've always always will root for him unless he tells me not to otherwise. Let's move on a little bit. Shift gears. We talked about Leonard Fournette. You've gone back and forth on your LSU pick about 6,000 times. Yeah. Where are they now? Do you have them in? Do you have them out? I took them out. I've taken them out. I don't think I'm putting them back in. Um, I feel... And when Ellis, and I'll just say it now, if LSU does do what I originally expected them to do, I'm not going to say I predicted it because I'm backing off of it. Okay. But, yes, they're not in my final four anymore. And I, my reasons are, one, I'm hearing just everything's leading me to believe that we'll do to similar to Leonard Fournette what we did last year. Originally I was saying we can't do it to him two years in a row. He's too good. But maybe, you know, unless they show me that they can run a different offense and do some different things against us, they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have to throw. They're the going to have to. And that is so, and that's what I mean. If it, like I said earlier, if LSU is dependent on Brandon Harris, they're done. 
I think LSU beats everybody on their schedule except us, and I think that keeps them out of the playoff. Maybe yeah. they'll drop another. I, I'm, I changed. I made some big changes in my playoff. Uh, but I want to talk about yours because I still have to look over some of mine. I, I Mine hasn't really changed too much. It will probably change again. You kind of convinced me a little bit last week on Florida State. I'm also not really feeling Clemson anymore. Um, by the way, just a little bit of a side note. Deshaun Watson took two $5 million insurance policies out on his uh, on injury and his future career uh, today, which I I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of that. I, I just don't think that's good luck. I just I feel like that's kind of calling your own number to a certain extent. Um, and I, I'm just I'm a little I'm a little hesitant. I really am a little hesitant uh, to put Clemson back in the final four. That being said, I've got Bama, Florida State, Michigan, and Stanford. Those will probably all change again, but right now that's who I've got. What do you call calling your own number? I call just being smart. See, I don't know. I you you never know. He's already torn his ACL once, and these insurance companies don't just sign anyone. They'd sign a guy that they think will be able to pay it off. I don't know. Clowney did it. Fournette should do it if he hasn't already. I don't know why it's always news when a guy does it. A lot more people do it than we think. It just makes the news when a star player does it. But it, um, Patrick, anyway, Patrick, did you hear the amount of money? It's a lot. Two five million dollar policies. They'll pay it off one day. He's gonna make some money. Um, Let's hope so. But hey, you know, I agree with you because now we have uh, two of the same teams in the playoff. I've now gotten rid of LSU. I've got Alabama in. Um, it, it's still the one I. Well, no, it's the one I feel the second least confident about, just because of the quarterback thing. It's just hard to predict it happening three years in a row. But I'm gonna stick with it because, you know, we can do it. Um, Ohio State I have in there. A lot of turnover, but... Uh, You're high on JT Barrett this year. I'm high on JT Barrett. I've actually uh, replaced him. I put him now in um, for the playoff instead of Fournette. I think you need to be in the Final Four to, to win the Heisman this year. So I've got JT Barrett as my Heisman winner. And I just... They're very similar to us in the way they're going to reload the way we do. You know, they lost a lot of guys, but they'll just... They'll plug in their, their playmakers. They've kept some very important players. I, I still think Deshaun time. Watson will go wire to wire for the Heisman. Um, I've got FSU in, Dalvin Cook. Uh, the guy that I'm very high on at quarterback is now going to be their undisputed starter because their other guy that... Because McGuire got hurt. Whatever. McGuire's hurt. Right. Meaning DeAndre Francois, the people call him Frenchie, will be starting, and I think he's a name that will be... Uh, Close to household at the end of the year. Um, not, and he's not going to come in and do what Winston did, but he's very—he's—he's he's a good player. He's a good player. And then um, the the last team I'm having trouble with, but I'm just going to make my call right now, and I'm going Stanford over. I like I like this Stanford team. You and I kind of went over their schedule. I think they've got a schedule where if they lose a game, their strength of schedule will save them. Uh, and I think yes. Christian McCaffrey, I. I I don't know. I'm torn because I know I said last week, and I still think this, that people are going to stack the box and Stanford's going to have to throw the ball. But then you remember that Stanford's got those crazy offensive packages where they've got nine tight ends that can do that. I see I see their schedule as, like you said, I think they can lose one. Most of their, t- their toughest stretches early uh, at home against U.S. or they start off against Kansas State at home against U.S. That's on Friday, September 2nd. Cool. At home against USC at UCLA, at Washington, home for Washington State, at Notre Dame. That is a brutal five-game schedule. Um, 
if they get out of that with undefeated or just one loss, I see them snowballing to uh, the playoffs. I, I they think, were very close last I year. Think that, I think they suffer one loss during that stretch, but they get through and get to the playoff. They have um, they have uh, they're they're a team they're going to be replacing a quarterback, but like Alabama, they're one of the teams that I penalize the least for putting in a new quarterback because of the way they run their offense and the way they're coached up. Um, you know, Oregon losing a quarterback and Stanford losing a quarterback to me are two totally separate issues. Auburn losing a quarterback and Alabama losing a quarterback are two separate issues. Precisely. Um, so I'll go with Stanford over Notre Dame. They play each other, so. I like what Notre Dame's bringing back. I like the way their schedule looks on paper. But I think at the end of the day, i got to go with the better team and the team that's going to have a conference championship. I agree. I agree. And, and like I said, got the I best, think, Christian McCaffrey's a baller. I think my four are probably going to change before the season actually starts. We will do a final, an absolute final, these are our four predictions. Uh, but right now, I'm just I'm not comfortable doing that. Especially when you've got guys like Sean McGuire getting hurt or Leonard Fournette walking up in a boot. I mean, it's just, there's no talent. So I'm going to wait till right before the first game of the college football season to pick a team. To pick my four teams, I should say. I feel like that's fair. Let's move on a little bit, Patrick. Time to close out the episode. We're going to go in with our sound off. a short off. one today. Do what now? It's a nice little short, sweet one. Nice, short, sweet one. Nice short sweet one. We've had a long couple of weeks. You and I both. Uh, There's not much news happening. It's not like we're playing any games yet. It's the quiet before the storm. Patrick, you've got a sound off. What is it? (laughs) I have a blank. You go ahead. All right. You're deferring. I like it. The Olympic boxing bouts have been absolutely miserable. Listen to this. A couple nights ago, Irishman is fighting a Russian. The Irishman clobbers him absolutely destroys them gets done with the bout uh they're kind of you know sitting around everybody pretty much knows who's going to win um shockingly shockingly uh they picked a russian um (laughs) the the irishman whose name i'm looking up right now uh michael conlon uh had pretty much decided he had won decided he was going to stand in the middle of the ring and flip off the judges. And usually that's something that I would kind of frown upon. But in this instance, I would kind of agree with it, because like I said, clobbered the Russian guy. Uh, The Russian is not even fighting in the semifinal bout, despite the fact he won the fight, because he was beaten so badly. How can a guy who was beaten so badly that he doesn't even want to fight his next fight be the winner of the previous fight? That doesn't make any sense to me. There have been a couple of fights like that where it's very obviously rigged, and I think the Olympics are kind of turning a blind eye to it. It reminds me of when Roy Jones, Roy Jones Jr., excuse me, got denied his gold medal uh, in the 19, I guess that would have been, gosh, 1988 Olympics. Uh, I believe that was in Seoul, and they gave it to a South Korean boxer instead of Roy Jones Jr. It's just... It's so corrupt, and it looks so bad for the Olympics. And I think people are sort of turning a blind eye to it because boxing's not that popular. Yeah. But it's just so disappointing. If if it were gymnastics, they would have rioted. I mean, it was pitiful. It was that's, absolutely pitiful. That's kind of my thing with any sport that has judges that doesn't have a clear-cut winner at the end of the day. 
that it's up to opinion, you know? So what do you do? Do you throw out those Olympic sports? No. You can't no, do you that. you can't do that. I don't, I don't know the answer. I All barely right. watch boxing. It, I watch it if it is on TV in front of me. I don't seek it out the way you do. It's, it's, it's just disappointing. It really is. It's extremely disappointing. The way you put it, it yeah, I would, I would say so. I mean, um, sorry. Go ahead. Well, now that you mentioned Olympics, and this is very pertinent to me, did I, I haven't done a sound off on Olympic coverage, have I? I don't remember what I did last week, but I don't. Don't think believe I did you this. have. Okay, I'm going to complain about the greedy, corrupt, over the top um, rules they put on the way coverage works for the Olympics. Let me put it this way: I work for an ABC station. Uh, Olympics or NBC and the restrictions they put on the Olympics are absolutely asinine it's it's just for for a world I mean I can't even I can't even say Olympics on air I cannot say Olympics on air I can't say medal count on air I can't show highlights of the events until 24 hours after they have finished so I'd just be you know I could just show you yesterday's Olympics today. That doesn't... No, well, that's... Okay, well, this is well, the point of running it. Everybody's seen it. Um, I am limited to six minutes total per day across all our shows, and the shows have to be, like, three hours apart at least. So I can't show them in the five and six, but I can show them in the five and ten, or, the, like, the, the midday show and the ten o'clock show, but I can't do them... I can't do any of them back-to-back, basically. It is... Can't use the Olympic rings. Can't use the Olympic theme song. As soon as you are a place that makes money off of it, you can't do any of it. And it's just <laughs> so. I so our company has decided that uh, we are doing this as summer sports spectacular. And God bless my company. They they're trying to do the best they can with it. But what what am I supposed to say? Well, let's go to our summer sports spectacular coverage. Like with the Super Bowl, it was I had to say the big game, and but, I could work around that very That's something very that everybody easily. calls it. No one calls the Olympics the summer sports spectacular. No, we had to come up with our own logo. <laughs> it it is. That's disappointing. It really for, is. It really is for but, something that the whole world is enjoying. Putting that much restriction on it just and oh and, and here's the best part: there are people whose job it is to find local stations like myself to go back and watch their stuff. There are hundreds of people that do this. This is a huge money maker for NBC. They will find and fine anybody that they find breaking those rules. I mean, they make millions just on the fines of local news stations during the Olympics. So, of course, my bosses come to me. They try to really hammer in what I can and can't do because we're small. We don't want to be fined like that. And it's just... It's, it's stressful. It is. And I, I know what you mean because we go through the same thing with the Masters at Golf Channel. Masters run by ESPN. It's now it's not that bad. We obviously can say the Masters green jacket and all that, but the footage requirements. I mean, that's that's the biggest golf tournament every year. We can't show any of the footage unless it's Masters week, and then we've got I don't know thirty minutes a night that we can show. I mean, it's it's just asinine. You're right. It's selfish not, and it's asinine. I I don't understand it. Not only I can I not show medals like pictures of the medals of the event or like people wearing the medals. I can't show imagery of medals. I can't go full on office and take and take three uh, three yogurt uh, lids like they did on the office right. with Flonkerton. 
I can't even do that because that's that's metal imagery. That's that's Olympic imagery. It's like it makes no. It was a uh, if if you have time, go to Google, and I'm kind of regurgitating a lot of what this guy said, but go to Google, type in Chicago sports reporter blasts NBC Olympic yep. coverage. It is hilarious. Yep. Have you seen it? I have. I have. <laughs> it's great. Uh, just real quick before we hop off air, Usain Bolt going for the gold medal in the 200 meter dash tomorrow night. Does he get it? Ooh. I don't bet against Bolt, dude. I don't either. I don't either. I, I he's proven me wrong before. I I said he was going to run a nine six two the other night. He ran in nine eight. Uh, and I, you know, which is fine. I thought he was going to run a little bit faster than he did. It looked like he got off the blocks a little awkwardly. Stood up out of his stance too quickly, but. I, and then it resulted in one of the best sports pictures ever taken. So then let me ask you, better Olympian, Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt? Oh, man, that's a good question for tomorrow. Holy cow. I'm inclined to go Phelps. I think he's dominated across more aspects of his sport. He's had uh, more he's, opportunities. He's dominated long distance, short distance, every kind of distance. He has had, had more opportunities. And they've both dominated their field for 16 years, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy, yeah, the crazy part is, is that I know that, I know that they're both done after these Olympics. The thing is, I think they could come back in Tokyo and at least medal, at least medal, which is just crazy to think about. Anyway, that's it for us. Year two, episode three of Pat's interference is in the books. Patrick, any last words, anything you want to say? Uh, you know, I'm just ready for football season. That's all I got ready to say. Ready for football season. No, this was a short episode. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. We've always wanted to do this, and we would not be able to do it if it were not for you. Uh, well, let me do the social media stuff. Facebook. Facebook, Pat's Interference. That is with an apostrophe. P-A-T apostrophe S Interference. We are on Twitter, Pat, P-I underscore podcast. Follow us there. Tweet at us there. You can email us, patsinterference at gmail.com. We're on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud, we're on Google Play, we're on Stitcher, and we're on Pocket Casts all over the place. And PatsInterference.com, that's our website. It looks dope. It'll look even doper in about a month. It looks good. It looks really good. We're proud of it. Uh, Patrick, thank you so much for a great episode. And everyone else, we will talk to you after I get moved in. So roll tide to that. <laughs>